This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, friends. Happy December. Can you believe it's December already? Do you do a Christmas tree? Did you decorate it yet? We have begun decorating our Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving because that's when we have all of our family together. That started when the boys, our sons, were in college and um, they would come home for Thanksgiving and then they would be gone. So ours is up. I love twinkle lights. I love this season. The Christmas season can be just so lovely. And I am aware as well that it can also really deepen an ache. That longing for, oh, an innocence of childhood or for a time that once was or a time that never was, but that you wish had been. That longing is actually a really good thing. It's a painful thing sometimes. But may our God use it this season to draw our hearts closer to his, to meet us in our ache, to comfort us and our longing, to deepen our desire, to help make that happen. In today's episode, we're going to hear from a number of the Wild at Heart staff members answering the question, what do you love about Jesus? Some of them are going to share stories, and some of them are just going to share adjectives about things that make them love him more deeply. The thing is, is that hearing different people's stories, their testimonies, what has caught their attention about our Jesus, it ignites our hearts, and it helps us to remember our own stories. And oh my goodness, I got to listen in already, and they are beautiful. So it's so good to turn our attention onto our magnificent, beautiful, marvelous, brave, joyous king. So let's listen in now. Instantly, when I think about what I love about Jesus, beauty and nature come to mind. I think about the morning alpine glow on the mountain as I leave the gym and head into my day. I think about river and stream, the sound of the moving water, flowers, trees, animals, ocean waves, the endless beauty of nature. Something that I have been loving about Jesus recently has to do with his intensity. This is the kind of man that I want to be around. And to understand that intensity, it's helpful to zoom in on a story where many people, myself included, think that the transfiguration happened on a mountain called Mount Hermon. And that's really interesting and intense because Mount Hermon is really named Mount Karam, uh, Mount, the accursed mountain or the forbidden mountain. And it has that name 
because it houses the largest collection of old ritual sites almost anywhere. And the civilizations that surrounded Mount Hermon told very strange stories about it. Weird things would happen there when the Jews finally came into the land. It was very understandable that they designated the mountain forbidden because it was so freaky. And even today, it's surrounded by temples and old, odd springs and shrines. And Jesus goes there. I think that must have freaked out the disciples when he picked his inner ring of three and went up onto the forbidden mountain. At the very top or near the top, on the slopes, he revealed his nature. He transfigured in sight, in plain view of the pagan spiritual powers of the demons who were opposed to Jesus. And right after that, Jesus turned to Jerusalem for the last time. He went to initiate the showdown of showdowns. When I think about that story, when I think about Jesus, I think of how fearless he is, how intense he is, how bold he is, that he will actually go into the darkest sites on the world where no one else dares to go. And he will pick a fight with the spiritual powers going, you want me? I'm here. Come get me. And then he can actually take them to the mat. So Jesus at the accursed mountain, revealing his glory to show that he's actually on the planet competing for the destiny of humanity. That's something that I love about Jesus right now. One of the things that I love doing is running and specifically long runs, kind of middle of nowhere. I can get away from people, get away from the trail and just be alone for a long time. And uh, last year I did a particularly long run and I think it was probably about 10 hours into my run. And I don't think I was even halfway yet, but it ended up coincidentally being also the hottest day of last year on accident. I didn't plan that, but I'm going up a trail and I'm 10 hours into it. I'm walking at this point, really steep, high altitude in Colorado. And I like being alone with my thoughts, but sometimes it also feels lonely. And when, when I got to that point, that far into my run, I remember looking up and seeing this bluebird which I don't see a lot of, and I love bluebirds. And he was just on this tree in front of me. I'm walking kind of fast, a little bit faster than a normal walk, kind of caught up to him. And he jumps from a tree, flies to another tree and just sits there. And 20 seconds later, I catch up and he does this for like five minutes. And we're in the middle of nowhere. He can fly wherever he wants. And I'm just thinking like at first, like, okay, he's going to it's like a grasshopper. They're eventually going to get out of your way. And for five minutes, he just followed the trail as it curved. My, my smile got bigger and I felt like I'm not alone in this anymore. And it's just, it, it's so incredible to have that feeling. And then later on in that same run, now I'm running into the night, into the next morning. And I'm like at a low, again, sort of feeling lonely. Like now I just want to finish. and. 
that sun was just starting to come up as I was coming down. I can see my wife, Christine, waiting in a parking lot, still miles away. And the sun just came up. And it's, it's sort of those rare moments that, again, I didn't, I didn't feel alone. And I just stopped and stared and thought, man, thank you. Thank you for this ability. Thank you for being with me. And it's, it's why I do it for those experiences. There's lots that I love about Jesus, but what comes to mind is just how he uniquely speaks his love to each of us. Like what I love, someone else might not love as much. And I just love that he knows how to pierce and get right to the point of my heart, just showing me that he sees me. Another thing that I I really appreciate is like how he prepares us like in advance and we don't even know. I was recently listening to an Ann's son's podcast and it wasn't like pertaining necessarily to my story or where I'm at in the moment. But then I, I ran into a friend and got to hear part of their story and I could totally like draw from the podcast to speak into this friend's life. Like, and I just love how you get those nudges to listen to something or call somebody or um, those, those little pushes from the Holy Spirit just to see the fruit of that is fun. I love that about him. I always feel like Jesus is loving me in really neat ways when he's up to two or three things at once. Like, it happens at our events a lot, but it's even more special when it happens in my personal life. And this past summer, uh, my wife and I got invited to go to Florida to celebrate uh, a wedding anniversary with some friends. And they were gonna have this renewal of vows on the beach and it was going to be in Key Largo. And it had been since I was sixth grade that I'd been in the Florida Keys. I grew up in Florida, but I just hadn't been to the Florida Keys for quite a long time. And we were going to be in Key Largo, and it was going to be just a lot of fun just to be able to be back there. And their wedding was, for them, not originally real perfect. It was less than perfect. And they were looking forward to this being a real redemption of that. And they asked me to officiate the ceremony and it was really beautiful. And it wound up being just tremendous for her heart, especially. And I loved it. But for me, there was a day off and I had grown up loving snorkeling and scuba diving because of that trip when I was in sixth grade. We got to go snorkeling while we were down there. And there was always this place since I was in sixth grade, I had heard about this crazy underwater Jesus statue that I'd always wanted to see at some state park in the Keys. And I didn't know where it was. And it was just something way back in my heart as a bucket list item that I'd always wanted to see more than 40 years ago. And on this day, um, our friend said, hey, I set up a snorkeling trip for us, and I had no idea where we were going. And it turns out we were going to John Pennycamp State Park in Key Largo, five minutes from where we were staying, which is where the Jesus statue is. And all of a sudden, 
I get to see this after 40 years. Jesus came for this couple on this trip in huge ways, which is why we were there. But he was up to two or three things at once in restoring my heart and just being really sweet and loving and godly to me too. What do I love about Jesus? These days, I am loving his relentless drive to reinterpret pieces of my past. Recently, he's been all over that. And these are areas where I've already found profound healing through years of work, but he keeps going after more. And recently, it's been in a pretty playful way. Not hard, not intense, just playful revelations of where he was with me in the past, where I didn't used to see him there. So, playful, relentless for my restoration, Jesus. I'm loving that about him right now. What do you love about Jesus? I mean, I, I just love the places he shows up. And the place that he shows up so often is in my airplane with me. You know, when, when I fly, Tana's a lot of times with me, but she's in the back and I've got a headset on. So my co-pilot seat is empty. And we were coming back. We had taken Chris over to Little Rock for some training. So we were in Little Rock and we're going to fly back early the next morning. So I, I get the weather report and uh, the weather says thunderstorms starting to build between Little Rock and Colorado Springs uh, starting pretty early in the morning. So we got off extra early. So I'm flying west and flying on a direct route from Little Rock to Colorado Springs. And I see over the horizon, I see from my right to my left, a building line of thunderstorms that started up at Kansas City. And this is a big stage. I mean, I'm, I can see from Kansas City to Dallas. I'm at 16,000 feet. And so I'm watching these things right in front of me and building to the left. And I have to make a decision. And I'm usually talking to air traffic control, but they let you make your own decisions about the route you're going to go. And then they'll adjust your route. And so as this line built across me, and I've got the I've got the sun on my back, so it's illuminating this, this line of thunderstorms that's now 200 miles ahead of me. I see this one little dot of blue right in front of me. It's right in my course line. And so I, I just keep flying. And uh, I'm going closer and closer to it. And so I'm praying, Jesus, what, what do I do? Do I, do I turn north? Do I turn south? Do I fly up? just short of that and land and let it come over me. And I'd kind of heard, no, just keep going. Keep going on the course line. There's that little blue dot. My course line goes right through it. So I get 150 miles, 100 miles, and the little blue dot is still there. And the clouds are growing and growing and growing. I get to probably, you know, 20, 25 miles from them. There's this little blue dot. Now, these little blue dots can disappear in an instant because by the minute, everything's changing. I mean, that's the beauty and the magnificence of the atmosphere. It's just a place where God shows his beauty, his strength, his force in all of these things. And so we're right up under this tidal wave of clouds 
that is just about to engulf us. And we're going right into it. I mean, it's like a tidal wave. And there's that little blue dot. And we go through that little blue dot at 16,000 feet. And the clouds are closing over us and have already closed under us. And I go through this blue dot and I get about 10 miles past and I look back and the blue dot closes. And I, I had tears in my eyes. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for putting that in front of me. Thank you for just leading me in, in the face of this omnipotent, powerful storm that, that I'm flying through. And that's just one illustration that he's in the cockpit with me flying and where he shows up and where we have this communion together. Jesus, you're with me here and you're speaking to me. explain what I love about Jesus. I think it's actually helpful to go back a little bit and understand where I've been in life. And so real quickly, one of my biggest struggles in life has been around the idea of feeling like I have to make sure that I'm not a problem for people. And without going into all that detail, you know, just part of my part of my wounding, part of what God has had to go after in my life for me. So this is a story about what I love about Jesus because he is, he's so intentional to chase the things in our lives that, that need healing and he'll do it in creative ways. So this is actually a little bit of a humorous story because he showed up in a, in a really unique way for me in this. Um, and the story actually goes back to when we had gone over to do a boot camp in Wales. And it was our first uh, event in that country. And this was in 2010. So I was two years on the Wild at Heart team at this point. So I was pretty, was pretty wet behind the ears, young, and, and, and still wrapped up in this thing, right? Of I I don't want to make a mistake and I don't want to be a problem for people on it. And God, God was after that. And so um, I'm the event director and as part of my job, I needed to go to the camp ahead of the rest of the team. And so I left where we were staying to go to mid Wales. And I had a couple people in the car with me that were going early as well. And then the rest of the team was going to come after us. If you've ever driven in the UK, one thing is you're driving on the wrong side of the car and you're driving on the wrong side of the road. And it's challenging to figure that all out. But I was feeling pretty good and I actually, I love to drive. You know, the roads in Wales are windy and narrow and so it's kind of fun. But I'm driving along and all of a sudden I hear this boom, crash. And I look to my left and I see that the side view mirror is gone um, from that side of the car. And there were some trash cans that people had put out for trash pickup that day that were on the side of the road. And I had just 
smashed right into it with the side view mirror. And of course, all that stuff comes up in my heart of, oh, you, you mess this up royally. Um, just you wait. The other shoe is going to drop. Like when, you know, John finds out that you destroyed a rental car and it's going to cost Wild at Heart all this money to get it fixed. And, and, you know, my heart was plummeting. We got to the camp and, you know, I'm pretty... I'm pretty down and under it. And so I start beginning to do setup and getting ready and I'm waiting for the team and I'm just thinking what's going to happen when they get here. Well, the team started coming and they came kind of in waves and I'm sitting at this table working on a few things and Bart walks in and I look at him and he's kind of got this strange look on his face. He looks a little upset. I'm like, Bart, what's wrong? And he goes, man, you're not going to believe it, but I totally ripped the side view mirror off of my car on the way here and, and also ended up destroying the wheel and the tire of the car by hitting something on the edge of the road. And uh, I wish I had video of my reaction in my face because I got this big smile on my face and I was so happy. It was like, really, Bart, you did that? two and then you should have seen bart's face because he gets this big smile and he goes really you did that too and, and there was just something really beautiful in that moment of like of, of course you did like you're you're in a foreign country you're on the wrong side of the road the wrong side of the car and and it's not a big deal and and bart and i went out and we you know swapped stories and then the other the other part of the story i I had to call John for something going on at the camp that I, I needed to talk to him about. He wasn't there yet. And, and I'm still a little bit under it. I mean, it helped to have the experience with Bart, but I get on the phone and, you know, I ask John, whatever the other question is. And then he's like, how's it going otherwise? And I'm like, well, John, I, I ripped the side view mirror off of my car on the way here. And he just laughed and laughed and he's like of course you did these roads are ridiculous that's so funny and it was one of those moments where it was and god and jesus in the moment was like that that's what you're supposed to experience when things like that happen in your life and all that you've held on to of don't be a problem and don't make a mistake um is isn't the true thing it isn't the true thing. That's what I love about Jesus. I'm thinking about how Jesus is always revealing himself, and he's so creative in his ways. Like, I can look in the at the geranium in my windowsill and be completely entranced by one green leaf, R really worshiping over a green leaf. Uh, I have also been going through the Bible and, you know, you have to also go through the genealogies, can't skip those. Um, but I would, I just remember one of, one of the lists of Jesus's lineage in Matthew and I think it was Matthew, but going through the whole thing. And by the end, I was just like, what in the world? This is so incredible. 
What I love about God is his faithfulness, his nearness, and he invites me into so many things. And I love how the invitations are so personal. And also when things feel risky or the situation dire, like he's right there. It's so important for him to want to do everything together. So just a few months ago, I lost my beloved cat, Gracie, and I am still so heartbroken. And I'm a cat person, and it wasn't until she was gone that I realized that she is this point of therapy for me. My daughter Riley and I really want more cats, kind of for this reason. Um, Our friends foster kittens, and we've currently been visiting these kittens, but I'm really scared. I'm scared to hope and dream about more cats. I'm scared they won't be as great as Gracie was. And I'm scared to open my heart up again to love. But God in his faithfulness is pursuing me there, asking me to trust him there. He's reminding me that I felt this way when we brought Gracie home. I felt this way when we brought our dogs home. God's asking me to remember his faithfulness throughout my life and my story and in my mind's ear telling me that I have nothing to fear because he is with me in this particular decision. It feels like his kind invitation to remember and to trust him. So I love God. I love that he remains faithful even in my fears. He remains faithful to my heart and that I don't have to go at it alone. I have this this thing where I present a part of myself to the world and that personality is confident is sarcastic sometimes is playful is um, witty you name it depending on the situation and that part of of me is true and and real and i like that part of me but behind that part there is a goofiness that feels like more me and more vulnerable and more real And not everybody gets access to that. In fact, most people don't. The other things I named first, those parts of my personality, kind of act like a shield for me and also like a test. Like those protect me from the wider world. And they're my test for people to see if they can be trusted with the parts of me that are, I think, a little bit more vulnerable and feel a little bit more true, maybe feel younger. And goofiness is maybe the one I'm thinking about right now. Um, because a lot of people don't get that part. Um, one time I was driving in the car with my wife and I started singing a song that was on the radio, but instead of the lyrics, I just used the word meow for everything. And she jumped in and started meowing the lyrics right around with me. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, you are my person. You are my safe. Like you just went seamlessly into the goofy. Well, Jesus has actually done that for me as well. And those are the stories I love the most about him. Um, several years ago, dad and I were doing this press tour for killing lions had just come out and we were all over the place. You know, I was in my early twenties and on live Christian television, which is a pretty intimidating place for a person to be. And I remember this one set we were in Texas and like, they just got the whole deal. I mean, this looks like a village set up. So they're able to transition all over the place seamlessly. And I was really beginning to kind of get nervous and, and freak out a little bit and, and feel like the anxiety rising. And so I prayed, I asked Jesus, like, show me 
where you are here, like, and give me confidence for this. And I got a picture of him dressed up like some character from Pirates of the Caribbean, swinging like a swashbuckler from like the second story window. It was all decked out to look like some boulevard in France. And it was straight to that goofy place. It was straight to that silly, playful, and it it like burst the balloon for me that was that building tension. And I was able to be myself and feel present. I have several moments like that where I think about Jesus revealing both his goofiness that he has and also his willingness and even desire to meet me in my goofiness where he gets, he passes all of the tests. He gets past all those other layers and gets right into, I see you. I'm going to meow right along with you. I'm going to wear the goofy hat with the foot and a half long feather that looks like it came off a purple ostrich and make you feel comfortable in this new setting. I love that about him. I think that's what makes him feel intimate and personal and someone close to me. What I love about Jesus is that he is a noticer and I love the stories in the Bible about when someone brushes up against him and he notices someone that he waits at the well for, someone he has individual one-on-one contact with. Those are my very favorite stories, going after somebody, because it matches my experience of him, which is him coming for me in a unique way, um, going out of his way to get to me. That's what I love about Jesus. So one of the really cool ways Jesus has shown me a part of his personality and, and just helps me love him more is a story that happened with me and my oldest son, Gray. And this was a couple of years ago, but we were having a hard night uh, at home. He was a, a senior in high school and it had been a tough day um, and we were going to the movies that night and that was quickly derailing. Uh, I had asked him to wash the dishes after dinner. He had said he didn't want to. I had said, no, you kind of need to. He had said, well, I'm not going to. And that was the last thing before we were going to head out to the movie and quickly uh, decelerated to me saying, well, if you don't do the dishes, we're not going to the movie. And he said, well, I'll just drive myself. And this was a father-son night. So I'm just praying, Jesus, come into this, please. Like rescue this time with my son and rescue my own heart. And so he finally did the dishes, not super clean, not great, but he did them. We're heading out together, silence on the whole drive to the theater. I'm getting ready to bail internally, like, I'm just turning around. I'm going to call the night off. And we get to the theater, miraculously somehow. And to get into the theater from the parking lot, you had to walk through a little bit of a construction maze because there, the whole area was under construction. So you park and then you have to walk through this covered area with signs and with barriers and things like that. It's nighttime. We're walking, silence, not good. And I'm asking Jesus, like, what do I do here? Because I'm, I'm tanking and a sign right around the corner, right? I turn and it says, under construction, look up. And I... <laughs> I look up and the beam that was under construction on this like four or five story building, the main beam was in a cross. Then there was another sign about two feet after that that said, 
this area is work in progress. And Jesus, I was like, yes, like I get he, my son is a work in progress. And, and Jesus kind of winked, I, I sensed, and he said, you both are. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, we both are. That's right. And I was able then to just put my hand and arm around Grace's shoulder. We walked into the movie and it turned out to be a really great night. Just another way of Jesus showing like, I'm with you. And when you cry out to me and you're having hard times, I will rescue your heart. And then that particular case was pretty much immediately. It's something I've always looked back on with a smile because he's under construction. I'm under construction. And we're following Jesus the best we can together. Oh, my goodness, friends. Wasn't that so good? I'm just going to recap some of the things that were said, some of his attributes. People love his beauty, Jesus' strength, his gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, grace, his intentionality, his mercifulness, his playfulness, his intensity, his boldness, how fierce he is, how he speaks to each of us uniquely, how he pursues us so particularly, how he equips us how intimate he is with us, his sense of humor, his power, his healing presence. (laughs) That is so glorious. I bet you can add your own adjectives as you remember your own stories. It is so good to remind one another what Jesus is like. Jesus wants to be known by us. He wants us to know his heart. His heart is the center of everything. He loves to reveal himself to us in ways that draw us in, that meet us, that speak to us, that open our hearts to be more fully convinced of his nature, his goodness, his magnificent heart. He wants us to know his heart. And as we do, we move to the next level of intimacy with God. Friends, coming to know Jesus is coming home He is our home. Let's come home for the holidays in the truest sense. Home to his heart. May today's podcast serve as a catalyst that propels you into remembering who God is, how much he loves you, and how much you love him. Oh, he is captivating. Bless you, friends. (laughs) 